Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. Listen, I know you're interested in health and getting yourself in a state of optimal health, not just for the way that you look, but because of the way you feel. I mean, it's no longer good enough to just look amazing. You want to feel amazing too. This episode is loaded with information. But before I go much further, just wanted to take a moment to say, I have two podcasts and some of you may not know that. One is The Shalene Show, which you're listening to now. I really try to stick to topics here related to personal development, health and fitness, goal setting, relationships, etc. But I've often found that once people realize they have a huge level of control to influence the way that their life is going just by making some changes to the way that they're living, that that often starts with your health and fitness. People realize that, gosh, just by learning a little bit and then applying what I've learned, I can change my life. And that often leads people to want more. And by more, I mean you want to affect change in other areas of your life. You get excited about the fact that if you learn information and apply it to your life in just tiny little incremental steps, it can make a huge difference in your overall happiness and really designing the life that you desire. I tell you this because I know there are some of you who you've figured out you want more for your life and more than just health and fitness. You want financial fitness. You want to be able to do the things you want to do and have nobody else be in charge of you except you. And that often means figuring out how you're going to, quote, start your own thing. And maybe right now you're thinking, I don't know if I ever want a business, but it would be kind of nice to have a little extra income to make vacations easier or to not have to always look at the price tag or to not have to struggle with difficult financial decisions. Well, if that's you and you've already figured out for yourself that you're pretty good at getting new information and knowledge and then doing something with it, then I'm going to invite you right now to put this show on pause and go subscribe to Build Your Tribe. It's a whole nother podcast that I produce, and I specifically talk about that, like how to get your own thing started, whether that's a business or a side hustle or an additional stream of income or figuring out how to just take control financially one baby step at a time. All you have to do is go to your podcast app, search the term, build your tribe. Uh, My podcast should pop up. You'll see my face smiling back at you. Uh, Subscribe there. And I think a lot of you will really enjoy it. In the meantime, let's get to Dr. DeSilvia. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. If you missed my last episode with Dr. DeSilvia, in that episode, we talked about your gut. What is the gut? 
How does it affect our health, our hormones, our weight loss resistance? We also talked about the five tests that everyone should be asking their doctors for, how to ask for them, why they're important, and what to do if your doctor isn't interested in ordering these tests for you. In this episode, we talk about how to repair leaky gut, how fasting, something that by many has been considered uh, anti-health, is now taking on a resurgence of popularity amongst the medical professionals and research community as a way to minimize disease risk, restore gut health, and break weight loss resistance. In this episode, we'll talk about food sensitivities, brain-derived neurotropic growth factor, say that five times fast, perimenopause, hormone replacement, when you know you need to test for hormones, how to sit in the driver's seat instead of allowing your doctor to just tell you what hormone replacement you should be on, how heavy metals, leaky gut, environmental factors, and hormone levels all affect our ability to lose weight, gain weight, or maintain weight. We'll talk about adrenal fatigue, hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, PCOS, testosterone supplementation, plus how your microbiome and inflammation can cause weight gain, weight loss resistance, and an unexplained frustration because you are doing everything right, eating perfectly clean, but you just can't lose weight. All of that and more in this part two episode with Dr. Don DeSilvia. Back by popular demand, Dr. Don DeSilvia here to answer some of the most common questions that rolled in after our last interview. If you missed that, please go back and listen to the previous episode done with Dr. Don DeSilvia where we talked about all of the ways you can really sit in the driver's seat and know exactly what's going on in your body and, and how to empower yourself when it comes to your health and most motivating for many of you, your weight loss and, and getting over that weight loss resistance when you feel like, this doesn't make sense. I'm doing everything right. So be sure to listen to that episode. But Dr. Don, thank you so much for joining us again today. You're so welcome, Shalene. It's great to be here. You know, we're going to assume that people listen to the previous episode and they have that base level of information from you, which is so profound. But if I can just kind of rapid fire some of these questions to you, I think that'd be super helpful. Okay. The first one was about gut health. And, um, People have been asking, if I know that my gut health is poor, I know I've got leaky gut, and um, even before I take this test, you know, I'm going to order the test you've suggested, uh, but how do I repair the gut? Is there a way to starve down the bad bacteria? Yes. So diet is really one of the, it's, it's, it's the first intervention we, we do. The bad bacteria in the gut is feeding off of sugar and even metals in, in some of our fish or mercury fillings and and food that you're going to be um, sensitive to, it's the bad bacteria in the gut, that's food for it. And you're just, you're just giving it a diet to grow and grow and grow. There's uh, anti-inflammation diets that I, I recommend for my patients. Mm -hmm. I know that you have a program right now that you're working with participants mm -hmm. on that is foundational mm -hmm. in stopping stopping the food chain mm -hmm. <laughs> for the bad bacteria. I think it's shocking for so many people to realize that some of the very healthy foods that they're eating are being converted in their bodies to sugar. Yeah. Because it doesn't come in a white um, granular form. They don't uh, don't realize how much 
of what they're eating is being converted into glucose and glycogen, and they just have this excess amount of sugar in their body, um, and, and they just don't realize that. And then, of course, there's the foods which we need to take out of our diets because it causes inflammation. And what are your thoughts on Dr. Longo's uh, research and, and some of the others on doing these short-term short-term fasting for yeah. gut health. I I think this is a really exciting area of of things to be able to offer people because we're just beginning to understand the science behind the powerful impacts that it has on our brain and resetting systems in our body that allow us to function better. Um, Dr. Longo's studies has been showing that. All of the brain benefits, and I think you experienced that too when when you did some fasting mm-hmm. on your own. You said your brain just like you know at a certain point it just was that like was weird. Oh my god, I'm back! Yeah, like here I am, yeah. right? <laughs> so one of the one of the things is that what we're finding is that when you go through a program like the fasting modified program, mm-hmm. like Dr. Longo's mm-hmm. doing, even some of the intermittent fast or an actual three day mm-hmm. fast or four day fast. Um, one of the things that we're seeing is the brain actually starts to make something. It's called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic growth factor. Wow. It, it was rightly named. It's a very powerful molecule in our brain that actually goes in and forms this force field around our neurons and prevents them from dying off mm. and increases the synapses between them. It also, I think we're starting to understand, it seems to improve the body's response to insulin, which is a whole nother conversation. Those neurotransmitters and hormones of insulin and ghrelin and leptin and all these things of how that controls eating and weight gain and things like that. So intermittent fasting or things like Dr. Longo's program, those have been shown to actually increase these molecules that have a positive effect on appetite and weight loss and and brain health. Wow. Yeah. Another common question is um, to be considered menopausal means you have been without your cycle or menstruation cycle for more than 12 months. Is that accurate? That's that's correct. Okay. So what range at what range or at what um, hormone level would you be considered perimenopausal? Well, this this is this is a funny statistic. Um, I think the American College of Gynecology actually defines perimenopause as any woman over thirty five. Wow, any woman, okay. <laughs> any woman. That's when you start to change your hormone productions. Um, so perimenopause, by definition, you know, is is this time frame before menopause, and it can happen at varying degrees for women, and earlier than thirty five. Um, so some women um, athletes, some women who um, can go into to very early menopause or perimenopause. So you know, I think I think it's a spectrum, but but in general, after thirty five and and probably more conservatively, you know, any time after forty. Mm-hmm. By the time they're forty five, I definitely there's there's perimenopausal symptoms happening. I, I can't even count the number of comments from women who have said the same exact thing. I'm doing everything the same, but suddenly there's this like thick layer of fat all over my body yes. and I and I'm I am going to go crazy. Yes. Yes. So that's hormone associated. It's mm. it's hormone associated, but it's also inflammation associated. Not every woman who goes into menopause has that. Hormones are great when they are the right timing, but when they're not 
you can get, you know, you, you know, I have a lot of patients that come in and they were start, you know, they felt bad to begin with and were started on hormones and got worse bloating and worse weight gain. And it just, it just can compound um, problems when they're not done in the right way. And then, so then I step back and I say, well, what's going on that the change in your hormones is affecting an underlying something that's been going on for a while Mm. that you never really noticed until your hormones started to change a little bit. So I can't stress more. It's not about jumping in and treating it with hormones. It's about finding out what's been going on for a while there because this symptom happened overnight. But the, the, the environment that caused the symptom has been going on for a long time. And this audience, I mean, so many of them then turn to themselves and say, it, it must be me or my metabolism is slowing mm-hmm. down. So I'm going to cut calories and I'm going to train harder and I'm going to train yeah. longer. And how beneficial is that? Well, not so much, <laughs> right? It just, and that's, it's just so frustrating because, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's not, again, you're not addressing the root cause of why it's happening. And so that, that understanding and, 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 and awareness and then ability to treat the root cause is what's so important and, and is what's going to give people the results that they want to see. Next question is, what type, if my doctor wants to put me on hormone replacement, what are my risks associated with that and what should I be looking for? Well, that's, you know, that's such a loaded question because, again, for everybody, they're going to have unique risks. So if somebody, you know, has family history of of breast cancer or has different factors in their their life that, so um, if they have, if they have predisposing risks for heart disease, they're going to have different risks for hormones and different benefits from it. So I think it's it's really really important to to find someone that is asking the, the types of questions we talked about and getting your body ready to give you hormones in a safe way. Next question is about adrenal fatigue. I heard again from a ton of women in my audience and men even who've suggested that they have been told by a practitioner or they've self-diagnosed themselves as having adrenal fatigue, an overwhelming number of people. Is it as common as what seems as though it's being reported? And how does that impact our hormones? Right. I love this question. So, so yes, it's, it's absolutely as common. I will rephrase it. Um, but what adrenal fatigue really is, is talking to is a term called hypothalamic pituitary adrenal dysfunction. So that's a, a lot of brain and body and science words to talk about our neuro, our brain, neuroendocrine system and connection. Mm-hmm. And again, it is out of balance, though, you know, for so many reasons, starting with the way that our gut health is and how that's impacting our brain. And directly, interestingly enough, some of the studies looking at Dr. Longo's work is also looking at, at how directly the hypothalamus, this part of this mm. access, which is key to our adrenal dysfunction or our adrenal fatigue, is affected. So these fasting protocols are, are shown to impact the hypothalamus, which then go on to feed that whole access, which can get our adrenals functioning again and that and sense of energy back. It's crazy because it seems so counterintuitive. Like e- even, you know, with myself having been in the health and fitness industry for almost 30 years, it it seems so counterintuitive to think that some 
even a uh, fasting mimicking diet, anything with the word fast in it, how that actually supplies us with health. But I think if what you're telling me, I'm understanding is we're actually starving down or dying off bad cells. Is that accurate? Because it's hard to understand. It how is hard to understand. And I, I have the, I have the same I- impulse when I, you know, fasting seems so extreme and it puts stress on the body. And mm-hmm. how could that be good for us? And, you know, the, the science and, and people's experience is telling us something different. It's, it's definitely, uh, you know, resetting and giving our body an opportunity to respond to these chemical mm-hmm. signals in a more balanced way. And wow. I think we're just starting to understand the science behind it. And how different is um, adrenal fatigue from hyperthyroidism? Uh, hyper or hypo? Sorry, hypo. Hypo. So again, it's 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 all connected. So hypothyroidism, you can have, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to rephrase it and say, HPA axis dysfunction, because I, I think that's going to be a more acceptable term in um, in mainstream medicine, too. I think <laughs> adrenal fatigue can kind of, how do you really measure that, right? Is there a measure for it? That's a great question. There's different, there's different saliva tests or the hormone test that I mentioned that we do looking at uh, metabolites actually measures cortisol levels. It can measure the the fluctuations in your cortisol measure. So that gives us an idea of where... That was the urine yes, test? Yes, that's the urine okay. test. That's the urine test. And it's a great test for people to get because it gives them, you know, it goes, oh, I'm, it's not just HPA axis dysfunction. I really am. My, my adrenals are not you know, making cortisol or energy mm-hmm, or they're making mm-hmm. too much. And that's why I'm so stressed out all the time is wow. there's such an imbalance. Uh, yeah. So that's a great test to get. So, so hypothyroidism. So again, gut health. So hypothyroidism, what it, I would venture to say most, if not all, it's really an, an autoimmune response. We're creating antibodies to the, the thyroid gland or to the things that convert hi- the thyroid hormones into the functioning thyroid hormone levels. And so it's a misregulated immune response. Instead of Mm -hmm. going towards what's supposed to be bad, it's getting confused and going towards our own cells and actually not allowing us to make thyroid hormone, which is making us gain weight and be tired and not have a good metabolism. And one of the biggest correlations besides certain viruses with this autoimmune process is is gluten in the gut. The the gluten mm. molecule is very similar in one aspect to part of the thyroid. And when the body starts to go after the gluten molecule, after a while, it just bumps into things that look similar to it. So we'll start to go after the thyroid. And mm. what I find is is my my hypothyroid patients, a lot of them, once I remove gluten from their diet, I can either get them off the thyroid hormones or make them more responsive to it and, and feel a whole lot better. And I know we've been talking a lot about um, the ladies in my audience, but what about guys and testosterone? And I guess ladies and testosterone as well. It seems to me very in vogue that there are all these places popping up that if, you know, if, if a dude walks in the door, they're putting yeah. on testosterone. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about how testosterone affects both men and women. And yeah. should we have that tested? And what should we be concerned with? So absolutely get it tested. Testosterone is really important. And again, we have testosterone receptors in our brain and, and all, all throughout our body. So healthy testosterone levels are really important. When people are walking into these clinics, again, they're not and it, it makes me so frustrated because they they can do more harm than good by just 
given people testosterone, both in men and women. So I think it's really important, again, to know know what's going on in your body before you start hormone replacement. And then if it's indicated, absolutely, it can have benefit. Um, precaution for young men, young men, you don't want to do testosterone. It can make you infertile. It'll shrink. It can shrink your testicles. It can cause a lot of side effects. So you really, you know, young men, and especially today, you know, anything on the internet, you want to just, you want to make sure that people know the risks, but in the right situation, absolutely. I use testosterone a lot and it has a, a lot of benefits for both men and women. I have to say, you know, the age that I am in the industry that I'm in, there are I'll come back sometimes a year later to a convention and and see men who are over 45 and they look like they're Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> like they're necks and Bainey and Poppy. And I'm just like, there's no way. I already that's know natural. how much you're training. There's no way your training yeah. is doing that. I mean, I, that's fine if that's the look that they're into. But what are the risks associated with doing more testosterone than perhaps they need? Or for women, too. I mean, it's yeah. common for women, too. They want, they're want they using it for weight loss. Right. So it's all about balance and inflammation. If you're doing something in excess, you're going to cause inflammation in your body. And inflammation is the breeding ground for serious disease, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune, all of the, those processes start with a smoldering fire in the forest that was instigated by some stressor causing inflammation. Wow. Yeah. How much of our cancer, I mean, I know this is a another loaded question, but how much of our cancers do you think that we could eradicate by being more in tune with our gut health? Uh, so much, Shalene. I mean, a- again, it's hard to put a number on it. Significantly, if, if we have a healthy microbiome, if we've got a, a good foundation, everything from the top up is going to work. And and we just, you know, again, that, that, that LPS molecule, that is such a powerful molecule in the body causing inflammation. And if we decrease that, again, looking at the way we live and the way that we can impact our genetic vulnerabilities through our epigenetics, and if we are decreasing inflammation in the body, we're going to keep those those cancer cells or those cancer genes, we're going to keep them quiet for as long as we can. Wow. One last question, if I can, about food intolerances. I've received lots of messages from folks who've said, I used to be able to eat and kind of fill in the blank. You can name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now I can't. And But all these diets are telling me to eat this way or that way. And I just, is it me? Is it hormones? What's going on there that these foods are, are now making me fat? Right. So it really is, again, you know, about the levees breaking. You know, at, when we were young, we were more resilient and, and we could eat Cheetos and Diet Coke or whatever yeah. we ate, you know. And, and um, you know, because our body was able to detoxify that and metabolize that a little bit more efficiently. But then, you know, the total body burden of these inflammatory molecules accumulate over time. And there comes a point where that levy breaks and it never was good for us to eat Cheetos and Diet Coke, but mm-hmm. our body was able to process it. And so, you know, so that's what's happening. It's just that, you know, it never was good, but you were mm-hmm. able to handle it before because the total body burden was only so high. And wow. then as we live our lives, you know, that kind of, uh, garbage builds up and then we just we, we we just no longer have the reserve this person asks after listening to your last episode i'm wondering should i automatically be just taking a vitamin d and if mm. so how do i know if the company is a reputable one as Great. supplements don't seem regulated 
Absolutely great question. You need to get your level tested, you know, because not everybody needs I have I've it's not the norm, but I do have patients that come in not on vitamin D or taking a little bit and their vitamin D levels are great and they don't need it. You need so you need to know your numbers. You need to know your level. Um, and then great point about supplements. It's good and it's bad. Supplements are not, and, and if we could have a good regulatory system, it would be better, but that's so fraught with issues too. But but <laughs> supplements are not FDA regulated. So you can walk into even Whole Foods and a supplement can say, I have 5,000 units of something and no fillers, and they have no moral or ethical obligation to actually have that. That's crazy. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, and people don't know this. And so people are taking things that not only don't have the dose that they're supposed to have in it, they can have a lot of toxic fillers in it that are actually bad. So it's so important that you get your supplements from a company that allows their products to be outside research tested, that has a level of transparency have a functional medicine doctor that knows the science and and recommends companies that have reliable products or you can also go to um consumer watch group online and they so they'll there's do no, there's no organization that kind of is the gold standard or gold seal mm-hmm. that you can look for there's mm-hmm. not there's wow. really not there, there's yeah. a need so, there is yeah there's a huge need for that and and in the in in the interim trust trust good guides <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. So just buying the stuff off the counter, regardless, it's not even about reading the labels. Yeah, yeah. And and people don't know that, you know, and it's, no. it's really hard to because the the good quality supplements are going to cost more because they actually have things in them. And that's a hard thing for people to understand, too. They're like, why am I paying $50 for a bottle that, it, you know, this other store costs me $12. And it's like when I met with you the first time, you said you're taking a fish oil. And I said, yes. And you said, okay, continue. And then after I did my uh, Nutra eval, you're like, that fish oil, let's throw that one away and give yeah. you something that's higher quality because it's not working for you. Right. Yep. Very interesting. A couple of other questions people have once they are through menopause and also PCOS. Yes. Um, th- 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 those two populations in my audience have asked if they're able to um, affect their affect their gut health and therefore also have an effect on their hormones. So menopausal women, the big thing with gut health for menopausal women is that if they're symptomatic and if they're wanting or needing hormones, that improving their gut health is going to allow us to give them hormones, not only in a safe manner, but in a way that it's actually going to help them feel better. Because if their gut's inflamed, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to, it's going to be very hard to, to get the right dose to get the right response. Mm. Um, and so then with the PCOS, so this is a whole process in a, in a metabolic s- syndrome where the fat cells in people's body are making the bad form of estrogen, which is mm. really disrupting their metabolism and making it very hard for them to lose weight and working on a foundational level of increasing their gut health. I very rarely, I'm trying to think a few, a few of my PCOS patients I have on, on hormones, but most of them, you know, and as they approach perimenopause, definitely I'll use hormones in those patients. Mm -hmm. But my younger women with PCOS, I I treat mostly with gut health and inflammation and, and, and it, and then it allows their body to, to make the hormones that they need to make on their own. Wow. I was also shocked by how many women I heard from who were under 30 who've had hysterectomies because of PCOS. 
Yeah, I, you know, is that common? Is that well? The, I mean, it's it's becoming more common. Is it necessary? Well, I don't know what was going on with them that that required the hysterectomy to to speak yeah. specifically to that. But um, but I but what I will say is we're seeing younger and younger people have more serious diseases that, you know, autoimmune or PCOS complications or things like this that than than I was even five years ago. And mm. and and so all the more important to really have a foundation of health in our body that can allow us to live in in a world that's very different right now. You know, it's not, uh, you know, people come to me and sometimes we start talking about this and they're like, oh my God, you know, I can't eat this and I can't leave the house or I can't breathe the air. And And it's like, no, that's not, you know, the world is still a great place. It's different and we have to be informed so that we can live in it in a way that protects us. Mm, great information, great tips. Well, Dr. Don, it's been wonderful to have you back and answer some of these questions for us. Where can people who are interested in, in working with you learn more? So they can go to my website. It's wholelifehealthmd.com. And they can find more information there or they can email the office at info at wholelifehealthmd.com. That's wonderful. Uh, Dr. Don provided for the listeners a wonderful tool for you to walk into your practitioner's office and say, I would like to run these tests so I, so I have an idea of what's going on in my body. You can download that. You can find it on uh, Dr. Don's website as well as linked to it in our show notes here on The Shaleen Show. Dr. Don, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks so much, Shaleen. It's been a pleasure. Hey there. So how's your brain doing after all this stuff? If you've been with me on the last five episodes, actually, gosh, more than that, the last year, there's been so much information I've tried to share with you as much as I can as I'm developing the protocol for what I guess I have to call a diet program, but it's it's so not like a diet. It's definitely not a diet. It's definitely a program. And I'm so fortunate to be able to have such amazing people experts, doctors, scientists to consult with me on this protocol, this program, putting it together. Uh, Dr. Don DeSilvia is just one of my favorite people, and she's just so committed to this. And I, I know it can feel a bit overwhelming, like, but what do we do? What we do is we we take control of our ability to to sit in the driver's seat. And in order to do that, you kind of have to know your lay of the land. You can't just accept what other people are telling you to do blindly. You can't fly blind. You have to have knowledge and information. So if this seems a little bit overwhelming, these last maybe say five, six, seven episodes, go listen to them again. You know, rewind. If there's a part that's really interesting, you want to repeat it back to someone, rewind, re-listen, rewind, re-listen, memorize it, understand it, do your own research, go on YouTube, look at the research papers, Look at people who disagree, like be a scientist. That's what I'm doing. And it's been an amazing process. And I've been able to help now almost 2,500 people who've been going through the testing of this program. And the results have been astonishing because every one of them is doing something just a little slightly different, but all of them are sitting in the driver's seat where they're learning that they ultimately are very different from the person who sits next to them. And so what what they need to do for their health is going to be a slightly different. It's going to be very, it's going to be very specific to who they are. Now, it's not possible to do that unless you 
are really conducting research in science, as Dr. Bert Herring likes to say, the study of one, meaning like really knowing yourself, knowing the science, and then knowing how it applies to you. I hope you're loving this stuff. And the best way for me to know if you are is number one, if you subscribe to the show. If you subscribe, then I know you're eager to get that next episode. Number two is by writing me a review when you love an episode. Even if you've already written a review, when you write an additional review and let me know what you thought about the last episode or the episode you just listened to and what specifically you liked and what you want more of, that is what I spend my time reading before I book my next guest. It's also what I do to prepare for each episode. So Today, before recording the intro and outro to this show, I spent 20 minutes reading the reviews to find out how are people resonating with this? What questions are people asking? What do they want to know more of? What do they love? What do they want to hear less of? And that is why I continue to bring you more in-depth science in this area. Because until I started reading your reviews, I thought, well, this is this is too geeky. This is too science-based. People aren't going to find it interesting. But dang, I was wrong. Y'all a bunch of smarty pants, and I love it. So subscribe, leave me a review, and most of all, don't forget, you are thebomb.com. And I mean it. I love you. Talk to you soon.